0: Garage Guys NASCAR podcast is brought to you by Hooters. That's right. Hooters is for race day. Hooters is for Garage Guys. We all know this. And right now, if you download the Hooters app or go to order.hooters.com and use promo code garageguys, you're going to save $10 on any $30 or more to-go order. That offer is valid at participating locations for delivery and carry out orders, $30 or more. And use
1: promo code garageguys while dining in just by telling your Hooters waitress about Promo code Garage Guys to save you $10 on any $40 plus dine-in order valid at HOA locations for food, non-alcoholic beverages, and merchandise. Enjoy your Hooters and enjoy the Garage Guys NASCAR podcast. It's the Garage
0: Guys NASCAR podcast. Welcome. It's our first official live stream on TikTok. We are live. It's late at night. It's me, your host Chase Holden, for those new viewers that are here uh, live streaming on Dale Tanhart's TikTok. And of course we have Dale uh, sitting by the uh, the the men of the hour from this past weekend in NASCAR at the highpoint.com 400. But we're going to dive all in to everything that went down in NASCAR this weekend at Pocono. We're also going to take a look at some fresh new NASCAR betting odds. For this weekend's upcoming race at Richmond, the Cookout four hundred, which also confused the shit out of me because it made me think we were going to Darlington for a second, Dale. Uh also made you remember that one time we were in the Uber at Cookout and that guy really wanted to leave, but we made
1: sure we got our cookout. Yeah, I do remember that. Holy shit. (laughs) Yeah. What is Where that that was yeah, that was in Richmond. I was in oh, Richmond. Man. Holy shit. I forgot Full about circle. that. Full yeah, circle. I totally, totally forgot about that. Yeah, that was crazy. That driver was uh, really upset, like did not want to wait in the drive-thru after he committed. Like there's no way he could have got out of there. He was trapped behind other cars. So, yeah. yeah, no, Um, this past weekend was just so many headlines. I mean, there's so much – you can talk about with everything that happened just in the Cup race alone, and trucks were eventful, uh, Xfinity was eventful, SRX was eventful on Thursday night, and the IndyCar, you know, IndyCar had their doubleheader at Iowa, and yeah, Joe's New Garden absolutely stunk up the show there. But you know, in the in the NASCAR world, there's so many headlines right now, and I think it's all it's all good for the sport, no doubt.
0: Yeah. It all stems from uh, from two good buddies who like to play golf as well with Denny Hamlin and Kyle Larson. Um, you know, they, they went at it at Kansas. This was a kind of a, a different circumstance. And we, we really got to see a side of Larson where it was almost, and I don't want to sound, you know, like demeaning to him by any means, but it's like he's like, you know how like when you push someone and you finally get them to that point, Where you start kind of like tiptoeing around trying to throw little daggers. Like, that's where
1: Kyle Larson is with Denny. Well, you know, he responded on his his own pod. You disappeared. Okay, you're back. What do you mean? On on his own pod, he responded and said that he will start racing Denny Hamlin differently. Like, and honestly, dude, what did Kyle Larson say in that interview? I tweeted, like, the second after that interview ended, um, that was a phenomenal interview by, with Kyle Larson. I think Kim Kuhn did a good job, but everything Kyle Larson said was so blunt and straightforward. He dropped a he dropped a an s bomb in there. He said the word shit. That was kind of cool. You know, we always appreciate those. But very very blunt, very straightforward. And now, honestly, what he said Denny would do is what has happened. I've 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 been waiting for some clips to drop. Uh, from the dale jr download are actions detrimental and denny which i hoped i'm sure a lot of us hoped would backtrack on what he said about no contact i didn't touch him he doubled down on it and he is wrong there's 100 contact between hamlin and larson there regardless if it's like light you know if kyle larson could have let off the gas to save himself from hitting the wall 100% one hundred percent, there was contact there, and Danny doubled down, saying he didn't touch him. No, so.
0: Denny is the king of taking air away from people. It's like he doesn't have, like he's so good at that. Like you, you saw it kind of happen with Alex Bowman, right? Where he just kind of got up there, got that little bubble. He'll pop. He knows how to pop them bubbles, dude. And like he's really good, and I think that's a skill set. That Denny Hamlin possesses you know we talked a lot about how Joey Logano was the king of defense for the longest time and you remember a couple of years back in the older car in the Gen 6 era when him and Harvick were kind of going at it I think it was at Kansas where he was just there and he'd let him get on him and then he'd just pull and then he get runs he in
1: that straight. car yeah Could not get runs in that car at all like when they that high downforce shit sucked yep. and you know we're kind of at that point still where you know this overshadows the fact that and look, all so many good things came from this, but it still bothers me that we we've just completely stopped talking about the dirty air issue with this diffuser. I, I'm so to talk about. I'm so bothered that the, no, I mean, the more like Dale Jr. and, and a lot of these big time media people, including the drivers, need to be so adamant, and they are with the short track package, right? Like they're making these. Actually, is it is it today that we're are. Tomorrow that we're having this test at Richmond, the, the tire test uh, with the new so. with some you, tweaks in the package? Or did they do that last week? No, because they raced it Monday. That's right. So Monday and Tuesday this week, which by the time it's Monday night, Tuesday morning, whatever. I think they're doing that tire test at Richmond, testing the newer package in this this particular tire. And that's great. We're t- trying to get the short track package better, but we well, can't. Forget that on these intermediates, as good as the racing is like, it's really frustrating that you can't get behind a car and frustrate the car in front of you. Rather, you're frustrated by the car that's leading you, which is just not the way NASCAR was for a long time. And it's way better racing. Uh, You know, for example, the Xfinity series, you get up behind somebody, you take the air off of their spoiler rather than you get arrow tight from being up behind them. That's still something we got to fix, not just at the short track races, but at the intermediates as well. You know, it's it's frustrating. And that goes into the conversation of this arrow game that these guys are playing. You know, I think Ross Chastain is also really good at it. Uh, I think Larson's really good at it. I think Denny even said that somewhere, that Kyle's always real good at this arrow game with, the, with how he positions himself. But yeah, Denny did the same thing last year to Chastain and won that race. He did it two years in a row and it got on the wins even though last year doesn't count because his car was illegal. But regardless, you know, there's not much difference in the move he made with Larson on Sunday than the move he made to Ross Chastain in, in 2022.
0: Yeah, I, I want to say this. Look, you're not wrong about about the, the package whatsoever, but it looks like from what I can find, and I remember seeing about the, the short track package testing because Chris Bell, someone had said something to Chris, like this is a very important thing, you know, I don't remember who it was. It was somebody that was on Twitter, but it looks like it was in New Hampshire that they tested this out.
1: I don't think they tested it, though, because it was supposed to be the following Monday, and then the cup race got moved to Monday. So I think they rescheduled it for Richmond, which like, that's been quiet now because of all the headlines that came from the Pocono race. I'm really not sure. It's definitely quiet because I'm not able to find it
0: anywhere uh, on a search. I mean, I'm on like Google too, dude. Like you don't go Google too. You know what I mean? Like you don't go to the second page for these things. So I may, maybe, maybe not either way it goes, they're, they're getting a test for it. And that's great. And look, I'll say this too. I think that even though that that does suck, the, the racing is not as bad. It's not as like, it's definitely noticeable for long time NASCAR fans. Like, but for like the casual fans coming in, this has been a big year for casual fans. We've had growth. And so I think that it's just way more noticeable on the short tracks. So they're focusing on let's take the most notable thing or the noticeable thing. And let's make sure that we evolve that. And then we'll tweak everything else as it comes along. Cause we've had some great intermediate racing. Um, and then when, when you just go to, you know, different types of style of tracks, it's like Pocono for one, it definitely, you get those gaps. That happens at a lot of different tracks though. So I, I know that the main thing was, is I will say this, I was super excited kind of pivoting off the car. I was super excited to see Pocono, Uh, popping dude Pocono was popping I'm talking they had aerial shots where you had the interstate like basically at a standstill the stands were absolutely packed there's no telling like how many people were in the woods in the surrounding areas the campgrounds were full it's like you didn't have gaps there it was just like this perfect serene photo and it really did make me say like holy shit like This is one racetrack I have not been to. Multiple people have told me over and over again, people that are in the Discord, people that are on our social medias, they're like, you got to come to Pocono. And you and I both have kind of agreed for a long time. We're just kind of like, eh, if it happens, it happens. But like after this weekend, man, and seeing that, that is a very healthy and good sign for NASCAR in the Northeast, I love that. Like uh, the most people that come to this race in that area, usually going to be your people that are in the New York area, the New England area, Pennsylvania, looking down into Washington. So that's a huge demo right there. And looking at where NASCAR's demo is right now, the the big hottest cities in America, New York being one of them, uh, I, I think that that was a home run. I don't think you could ask for more because that's really a track that it's kind of in a weird way, like the tame Talladega for the northern people, because it's like gigantic. It's definitely got that super speedwayness to it because of just how it's so difficult to see the entire track, and uh, but but it just doesn't have as much of the the craziness. Or so I thought, because when it was these a Gen start- Sevens,
1: Gen yeah. Sevens been crazy at the at Pocono.
0: The restarts were were spot on, like what Jeb Burton was talking about, and and Steve Letarte. And they were saying, "I've been doing really good, by the way, with with being able to listen to the actual NBC broadcast and then still be able to commentate on playback.tv/slash Garage Guys uh, Thursday Night Thunder this Thursday night. Be there, um, you know. And and I'll say this just from hearing that and then being able to kind of call those things spot on. Like it got wild. I don't think I can remember a race at Pocono that was this. Just kind of like edge of your seat." And the big parts of it were from the uh, the tempers, right? And that, that's kind of my theme on the Garage Guys Report this week is we had what was it? Reddick and Austin Dillon had their moment. You had the Hamlin. Larson was more vocal, but that was a moment. And then a lot of people didn't even know. I didn't even know until about an hour after the race that Ryan Priest ran up on Corey LaJoy sitting in the car.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that was, and another thing too, the one that no one remembers also, and I don't, I I guess nothing happened after the race, but Ty Dillon absolutely wrecked the shit out of Chase Briscoe, like on on track, just ran through him, and and I didn't hear anything else about that. That was that's what brought out one of those late cautions that caused all the late restarts. So. That was yeah. his shot
0: for spot. That was his shot to get his sponsor talked about and seen. And they were just like, Mm-mm, "We're not having it." Well, They're also,
1: like, Corey LaJoy was the leader, and Corey was like on that different strategy of trying to trying to catch a yellow. And Ty Dillon, just in thirty second place, wrecked the shit out of Chase Briscoe. And and we didn't see what had led up to that. If Chase had done something to him, but no, I mean that you had every element possible in this race, like the drama at the end, battle for the win. Uh, same rivals from Kansas earlier this year in a race that was a fucking show as well and it went in Denny Hamlin's favor with him and then contact was made which they both kind of agreed at that point that was a racing deal. This one not so much like I said it's almost identical to what Denny did at Chastain in 2022 like the contact the, the, the door slam was less significant but it was I do agree with I think Truex said it when they asked Truex about his thoughts on it. And I, and Dale jr agreed to later. And I, because I saw a clip on the Dale jr download on Twitter, I think it was a kind of a dirty move, right? Like he definitely used him up. He, it wasn't just an arrow play. It was a hit him and then slam the gas pedal and get away. Right. He used him as a, a secondary wall and then put Larson in the primary wall in the process and then drove away. So you know, you, you had all the elements, and then the priest LaJoy thing was hilarious. Priest just got out of his car and was just ran over and was like, Fuck you, dude. That's fucking bullshit. Like, and and NASCAR has done a great job. I don't know if you guys have seen this on Twitter. They're constantly uploading the onboards. Like yeah. every single incident, they're they're comparing the onboards and showing them in real time, synced up, showing you everything that happened to lead up to some of these very climactic moments. And I love that. They're doing a fucking great job of that.
0: Did you see and the Harvick
1: one? The Harvick one of this weekend? Did you
0: see the one where he was in the car and he's just like, what the fuck? Like he's just, he's going off, dude. Uh, it's in the discord. So we had it. In the I don't know discord. what
1: you're talking. Are you thinking
0: of Logano? Um, you're talking about when Logano it like, wrecked? It looked like Harvick's car. It looked like the Harvick hood. Why would he, he be backwards
1: it? on the, why would he back, be backwards? I don't know. Maybe it is Logano. Yeah, it was, it was Logano. Yes. And somebody on Twitter was watching his feed when he wrecked that big wreck with him and Suarez and Logano screaming at the workers to, to get a, get a truck to tow him because he knew if he had to, if he drove his car anymore all the way around the track, it, he was going to blow the left front out and, Damaged the race car, and that still happened. And he had some choice comments about, you know, a solution to preventing the stupidity that comes with all your tires going flat, and then you drive it back to pit road and just destroy it. And in this case, he didn't even drive it back; they just towed him, and it still destroyed the race car. So that's another headline that I think is slightly slept under the rug because this rivalry of Denny and Larson. Look. Denny versus Hendrick Motorsports has been the best thing to happen. If not the best, I know this is pretty subjective. Denny Hamlin's rivalry with Hendrick Motorsports drivers has been one of the most entertaining aspects of NASCAR over the past five years. No doubt in my mind. And it started with, with in 2017 with him and Chase Elliott, that sparked this incredible character arc of Denny Hamlin that, I would have never imagined in the first 10 years of his career from 06 to 2016, he's the, now he's this villain and it's amazing. And Pocono was a place that cheered him on. I mean, Martinsville was a place, his home track, Richmond, places that would cheer him on. And he has turned into that villain where he gets booed just about everywhere. It's crazy.
0: He it's took crazy. Kyle Busch's spot, and, and I, heard, I heard someone say that, or I saw where someone tweeted that, and I'm like, that makes the most sense. And then what really hit me hard was the fact that the villain of NASCAR has been at Joe Gibbs Racing for a long time. And so it's like the batons passed in-house. This, Joe Gibbs is a guy that has a game plan for life, big Jesus fan, creating villains. How how do we need to assess this? What is really happening inside of the walls of Joe Gibbs Racing? Because we we should be creating, you know, like shepherds, you know, over there. He gets us car 54. What are we doing? You know. I wish the villains, they're just they're, they're everywhere in
1: JGR. You, you know I wish um if Interstate Batteries leaves Joe Gibbs Racing, which they've kind of switched up how they do their primaries after Kyle Busch left. Road. Maybe they don't leave. We need the sponsor that was on Morgan Shepard for like 80 million years. The racing with Jesus green and the yellow. Imagine that on like Ty Gibbs or Denny Hamlin's car.
0: That is Ty, Ty. Gibbs oh, yeah. now of this generation. He Ty is- Gibbs has the,
1: <laughs> the, the he gets us. So yeah, you keep that. Let's just say he gets us stays with Ty Gibbs, you know, half a year or whatever. Let's put the racing with Jesus with Denny Hamlin. Now you got two Jesus cars just causing chaos. Mm-hmm. out on the racetrack and it's the greatest of oxymoron of all time right like yeah the christian the christian teams are wrecking havoc uh across the entire nascar cup series field right mm-hmm. i mean that's it's
0: a, it's a tale as old as time let's be straight you know so i mean you gotta look it's kind of like on little Nikki. whenever you know like like little Nikki's brother one of satan's sons, he took over the the catholic priest it's like that's what's going on over there you know like that's Ooh. what's happening
1: the movie Who's, little Nikki with adam sandler you oh
0: remember? i've never
1: seen that no 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 oh dude poppy adam sandler fucking has fucking awesome four, adam sandler has 20
0: trillion movies dude. he does he does and he i watched a documentary about him the other night actually which was very good it talks about him transitioning from comedy to dramatic roles kind of like what would happen if when darlington approaches next year we make ty gibbs he gets us car the morgan shepherd car that's how
1: you do it that's how it needs to be done that's how it can live on that i'm so glad you said that because somebody in look i'm not gonna just for the sake of the flow of the podcast or audio podcast which you can find if you're watching on TikTok, garage guys nascar podcast and your favorite audio platform top 10 nascar podcast in the industry confirmed and growing we love that but somebody in the chat Joey did say before you said that Ty Gibbs Morgan Shepard throwback at Darlington. Hell yeah, Joey. So the minds are alike right now. It yeah, I can't
0: out. see the chat. By the way, Dale, Dale has that all locked. All I see is Zoom screen, and all you see is us, and we're here. We hope you're enjoying it too. Again, we're live on TikTok for the first time ever. For for the majority of you that listen to this podcast on a weekly basis, you're hearing this, and you're like. You're on TikTok. It's, yeah, we're on TikTok
1: at like eleven o'clock at night. But Auto- it won't matter because when you are listening to this, it'll be over. You know, like exactly. you're just here to listen, and that's it. And that's also that's fine. You know, but because but, if Joey was here, Joey was here. He was ready. Yeah, yeah he was here to tell yeah. us. Yeah, that that's exactly what we were thinking. So we appreciate that. Proud. Um, you know, with all the headlines. I do want to talk. So, uh, we SRX was very good competitive on Thursday night uh Ryan Newman got the dub. Great betting night. Fantastic betting night for me. Uh nailed everything. And that was that was my high of the weekend when it came to all bets, but That was a uh, good Hopefully one. hopefully they figure out the brake problem that sent Tony Kanaan 800 miles an hour into the wall on that restart and took out like a lot of other drivers cuz of brake failures. Yes. Um so that's that that was kind of an interesting headline there, but excited for Thursday night thunder in just a few days. Can I just we go to two? Thanks so yeah. much for everybody
0: that showed up again Thursday night. playback.tv slash Garage Guys. Uh, I microdosed mushrooms and did a call of a race. It was a great time. Uh, it was very very. Uh, I was in it. I was in that race, and everyone knew it. One of the highest uh, viewed streams on Playback we've had so far. So uh, that's very good. Fun. Yeah, good. love that. So we'll be back. But yes, please continue. I'm ready for you to talk about Xfinity and this Josh Berry saga because I need to learn more about it. Damn, yeah, that heartbreaker,
1: heartbreaker. Um, so I, I mentioned SRX was the high of my betting weekend on Thursday night. We get to Saturday. The truck race was great, by the way. Good, solid truck race at Pocono. Corey Heim, who went, who was my top outright, led and really held off Kyle Bush most of the race when when they were both up front and. Kyle Bush made just an all time move, uh, saved up for that final lap, got a big run and passed him in turn two of the final lap and tr- crushed my dreams. So that was great, but that's fine. You know, I was like, I'll, I'll accept that loss because I had a, another bet hit that made that one not too bad. I was like, okay, we can live with when I lost three units on that. So we move on to qualifying and I, I picked Bubba and Reddick. They blew, I mean, both of them in the first round had two and a half tenths on the field. They had the best qualifying race cars. And I I was like, dude, this is great. It was going to change my season if one of those guys got the pole. I got 15 to one and 25 to one. I felt so damn good. And then they both fucked up their their final round and just pain, absolute pain. And that was also not a big loss, not a big loss, but from what it was going to be, if they had just, done what they did in the first round they had the cars to beat to win the poll that hurt and i decided fuck this i'm taking i was at the casinos too i was like at the pool at the uh gold nugget and i was like i'm getting off social media for 24 hours that's, did that's you what retire
0: I again that's the main question i mean i know you came out of retire already
1: and- no i've been
0: retired i'm still I- retired, I know you're like retired but i'm talking about sucker and chump bets because I gave those up, like, oh. weeks ago, and you came back. And, and I mean, dude. Because the research I, was there, man. I saw it. I saw it with my own eyes. And it's like, I don't know if, if we're just talking about the he gets us car too much, but somebody up there is just like, we're going to just put the Twinkie on the string in front of you, and you're going to almost have it. And then it's just going to go away. We're just going to take it off your head and run, off, run out the door. That is what happened to you. what quality- it's not
1: just... at this point it's everything it's everything dude it's not even just qualifying and then we get into the xfinity race which you were kind of excited to talk about josh barry bad luck i mean justin allgaier barry's got the race one probably and if this race goes green justin allgaier who was running behind barry wasn't going to catch him uh just wrecks the shit out of a lap car dude like and I don't know if that lap guy, Joey Gase, like if he ran out of gas, I'm not sure. But I mean, just a crazy yellow, right? Crazy yellow. And then they get a restart. Josh Berry takes the lead, five to go. They head off into turn one, turn two. And a driver hits the wall. Connor Mozak, they throw a caution. I, I, don't, I, I think that's a very debatable caution. By himself, kind of got clipped, hit the wall, came down, got out of the way. They throw a yellow. And then Josh Berry just gave the win up on the next restart. He over just overdrove the shit out of turn one um, on a green-white checkered, got beside Austin Hill the next lap, and oh, just same thing, just kind of overdrove it. Josh Ganon. Cut a tire down and, and blew a tire heading to the tunnel turn, and Austin Hill was a winner. Austin Hill, I, I got to give him some credit real quick. He's always a great guy to bet on just because – He always, he's just a right place, right time guy. Like there's just drivers that are right place, right time. And one of them is Austin Hill. William Byron is a right place, right time kind of guy. I feel like Corey Heim, if you want to step down to the truck series, is also a right place, right time kind of guy based on his short career. So Austin Hill deserves a lot of credit. They played a different strategy, gambled on fuel, got it done. Um, But Josh Berry, like that was pain because I had a very small card for Xfinity. And all I needed for to to have a profit was a Josh Berry top three, which was in the cards all day. And mm. not only does he lose the win, he blows a tire running second or running third on the final lap, and um, finishes like 25th. Insane, dude. Just brutal. Brutal. That makes brutal, you want to
0: just go claw up a fucking bookie's back, dude. Like that's what that does. That's when you get in them holes, bro. That's when you get in them ruts. Like, you have days like that. You're just sitting there. You're like, all
1: right, it's
0: time. (laughs) I mean, if it wasn't other sports, I
1: bet if, see, and I don't want to include SRX. Obviously, I'm not including that in my NASCAR betting tally. But if we're talking about just raw money, like gained or lost, I cleared about 12 units, $1,200 just on that SRX race, right? And then throughout the weekend, that's I lost a little bit more than that on all of NASCAR. Yeah. So a little way. heartbreaking and, and God, I'm so sick of it, dude. I'm so sick of it. Like, it's gonna turn I around. don't know, I, but Chase, I've been, I've been calling the turnaround out. I've, I've tried all this different juju ju- in my life. You gotta stop. Dude, well, I mean, when I, I I'm just so frustrated. I don't know. I don't know. And I, I feel like it hasn't, like, I know Greg had a bad day. He usually doesn't have bad days. I think he's had two mediocre days in a row. You ha- you've had a couple bad weeks in a row. I have, but like I had four. My God, man. I'm so f- I'm gonna get animated here. I'm so fucking sick of making all the right calls and they all die and like throughout the weekend, all my bets died in f- four different sessions. Oh, I'm sorry, we're excluding the cup race. In three different sessions, qualifying Xfinity and Trucks, all my bets died in a combined like 12 seconds between Cosmic the three punch. races it's insane dude it's insane i'm so frustrated i'm angry i'm sad i don't know what to do to, to cap this correctly or to cap this as good as i can
0: well look the so worst is though, frustrating that's i feel like out of everything that's happened this year that's pretty fucking rough dude i mean like every now and then the universe is going to come by and make sure that your nuts are still working you know and so that happens and so now that that's out the way, I feel like for you to go in that consecutive order of L's, there ain't nowhere to go but up, baby. So, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's the way I got, I got to keep my head too, man. I've been, I did a one shot wonder bet this past weekend with Kyle Larson. I was right fucking there. I've already hit Joseph Newgarden by himself at the Indy 500. This was my NASCAR one shot wonder of the year. I like to do these at Pocono right fucking there. About to have two different series of race cars where I've only been on one guy to win and he did it. So yeah, it that that sucked bad. That's a bad beat. I didn't know you bet on him. I did. That's, That's all I had was Kyle Larson. And then, not to mention, the two top tens that I did have that I logged on Action Network, get this. Daniel Suarez, Crash. Austin Dillon, Crash. consecutively, <laughs> yeah. and then Larson got spun by Bell. So that happened in a consecutive order of cautions. So that's when I knew, like, I don't even need to think about this today. Like, I just, the power was out here at the International Chase Station, and I was just waiting to get my phone call to say the power's back on so I could get back here, get on playback, and just ride out stage three, see what happened. And then when I saw Larson bounce back like that, I'm like, this is a sign from the heavens. You know, God's here. We're having Cliff a
1: good Cliff Daniels had excellent strategy to get him (sighs) into that spot. That's another thing that was understated, right? Like, the strategy to get him back up front was beautifully executed and just about won in the race. But, you know, my final bad beat. So I had bet on Blaney and Chastain early in the week, right? Those That was it. Um, Chastain, wow, laid a a complete egg. They were so bad, so bad. But Blaney was really good. So final bad beat of the weekend, we were I think beginning of stage three on one of those restarts. Blaney took the lead and just took off, and I was like, "Hell yeah, cool!" And immediately he drop he like drops a cylinder out of just thin air. Oh, How I-, I don't even see that shit happen often anymore in Gen Seven. Hold he up, drops an engine basically. I remember after when he takes
0: that- the lead, like
1: what the fuck? What do I stage? Do? What stage was that? It was either the – I think it was beginning of Stage 3. It was definitely past the halfway point.
0: Hear me out. Listen to this. And, and, and this probably happened. I'm an, I choose to believe that this is what happened, and everyone that was on the playback stream, they choose to believe it's what happened. So because all my bets have died, I pulled out my, my little serious crystal over here. Ah, I lost a picture frame. Uh, Shout-out to Ricky Bobby, by the way, and Cal. Yeah, that's a good at, picture. At the win. It's one of my favorites. I got Lil' Tony. Dale, Dale, uh, Jarrett Jr. Right there. Uh, little Tony's gonna go over here. Anyway, I had this and I asked the chat, I said, guys, I said, look, I said, I think my bets are in the doghouse. Like it's shit town season. I was like, so I want to help y'all win money. Tell me what we're manifesting. Somebody in the chat said, get Blaney out of there. I straight up did a one minute, like manifestation of like making Blaney, just drop out of the top 10. And the next thing you know, his cylinder blows and he fell out of the top 10. I may have caused that to happen. That's awful. Yeah. I had no idea if I did not know you bet on him, I wouldn't do it. That's kind of like a truce that me and you have, like we have to have that.
1: Yeah. Not like cursing each other's bets. Yeah. Like there's, it's, it's fine if you're not going with it, but like, you know, not cursing. Yeah. I don't, I wouldn't want that done to me. You know, how about, um, just on this betting juju, Ricky Stenhouse, top Chevy. Do you know that hit? Dude, yes. probably a hundred to one, right? Hundred fifty to one. It had
0: to be. It had to be at least seventy-five to one or higher.
1: Crazy good bet.
0: Yeah, like, and, and that's the thing about it. Like, I mean, just him getting a top ten. I want to say he was like plus three to plus five hundred for a top ten. Every week nowadays is good. You know, so you know, you're not gonna always get those plus two, three thousand top ten bets anymore like we used to, but. Yeah, for him to get top Chevy, dude, like that is mind blowing. It, but it's just a statement of what Mike Kelly and the boys are doing over at JTG and the the way that they believe in themselves and their team. And it started out the most storybook way possible with the Daytona 500, the bet that still probably to this day is my favorite bet that I've ever hit in my life, because it's just that, just a magical Daytona 500 and getting to beat you and I was, Oh man, dude.
1: Yeah. And it it, just for the sake of their season, just took the pressure off. Right. It took the pressure off. Something I've talked about a lot of Dale center. And I think we have too. in some of these pods is like, he's always a decent bet for something because they're experimenting with just about everything because they can they're in the playoffs so they can be more aggressive with literally everything they do to get good finishes and it's worked it's worked and it's not just by luck like they've had really good race cars um for many many races in 2023 have been super consistent so yeah i mean relaxed i don't know if anybody bet on that but if you did that's awesome um Toyota
0: one person had it. I think one person, the discord did have it. but I think they had a multitude of them. So there's no really tell, there's no telling if they actually finished in the green or not, but yeah, they had it. They had the
1: Toyota ended up running the run of the damn show at the end of that race with Larson's issues. William Byron was a factor early and just lost a track position. Couldn't get it back. And, uh, Who else? There's another Chevy that I think fell out of that top 10 or top. Alex Bowman, when he spun out. So crazy how those stars aligned right there. But yeah, I mean, so many headlines. It's all good for NASCAR. And the one thing that you mentioned earlier that I wanted to talk about for a second, my own thoughts, is uh, Pocono. Like, they compared. I saw pictures comparing, like, the camping from 2019, like, pre-COVID. 2019 compared to what it was this past year it's fucking unbelievable unbelievable that looked like that looked like the indycar camping at pocono in like the early 90s like indycar pocono people hardly know this nowadays because of the ramifications of the indycar split i mean the the ripple effect that it had but like pocono michigan and pocono with nascar too massive crowds massive camping big time fucking party environment and that might be back after this and i gotta say like i early on when nascar started changing and especially with what the covid protocols brought to the sport um i didn't like the idea of Pocono going to just one day because it's a very historical track like nascar has been going there since uh, the early 70s and people don't realize that like how old that track is it's a cool place historically they took a date away I actually think in this case them moving to a one date per year has helped bring a spark back because now everybody just knows this is our one time of the year who's up in that area head out to Pocono and it, I think I think that's a big impact on the crowd we saw and the camping we saw amongst many things I think the excitement level and the good things that NASCAR is doing, not just with uh, their marketing and their their risk taking, but with what's happening with the Gen 7 style racing. As much as we all bitch about it, it's been pretty damn good, especially at a track like Pocono. And we talk about a lot, the mile and a half and uh, just intermediate style races. And it was it was awesome. And it once again, back to back years. It provided nothing but storylines, and and as I reiterate again, Denny Hamlin versus Hendrick Motorsports is one of the best rivalries to ever, maybe not ever, but it's one fun. of the best rivalries we've had in the past decade or half decade. Easily, I had I
0: had a couple of voicemails. Uh, some people call into the Garage Guys report that were like they were like <laughs> Hamlin's a hack. I'm like you can't call that man a hack. He invented hack. Like, you know, like Alex Bowman saying all this stuff, or he's saying that about Alex Bowman, and you're turning around and calling him that, whatever. Like, Denny is Denny, man. And the way that I see it, just like I explained it on the report, was it's just like what he said. That's racing. And if you're on the last lap and you're going for a win, especially the win that he had, 50th win, 7th at Pocono, like, that's big numbers. Like, he was ready to go ahead and check that box, dude. So... I feel like there, it wouldn't have mattered who would have been up there by him. Like he would have had to be a lot more sneakier if it would have been like Martin or one of his teammates, but he did it with Kyle. And I mean, what happened happened, but still what an amazing weekend for him. And just, it just really helps my case because a couple weeks ago I came out to say that I added, I was going to add Denny Hamlin to the championship four. And I feel way better about that now because I feel like he's he he's on this mission. He's got this resurgence around him. Podcasts, he's in the news cycle. Michael Jordan, his own team, they're really coming together. They're having decent runs. They got to get better finishes, but they're getting the good runs. They're having- they got fast cars. Yeah. They got fast cars. A lot of things are clicking on all cylinders right now. And that, not just that, but these drivers are feeding off <laughs> of them because, like you're saying about how more people are showing up. We got a lot more casual fans coming into NASCAR right now, and that's because we are in the thick of a racing renaissance. And I've been saying that for over a year now. It's like, look, people are coming out. You know, the the drive to survive. Shit, say what you want, it definitely put eyes on racing again,
1: and we, that's gonna trickle down. You know, it's funny though. Uh, this we got to remember what th- what I am about to say because we're going to fucking Richmond, which mm. has not been the best racing in he the likes. even. Even before the June 7, um, we'll come back on this pod next week, and it's going to be a comp- the exact opposite theme of being like, dude, the racing sucks. Like, this short track package is so bad. Like, and I don't want it to be that way. I- I'm hoping whatever they find in this test, which I feel like no one's talking about it any- anymore, but I hope need what- to whatever out they
0: when find. This is. I need to find out when this is. I cannot find an article about it. So,
1: this might be. I a- think it's, it might be tomorrow and Wednesday. Know. It might be tomorrow, Wednesday. We, now, okay. If, if anybody knows, I will. This is the other part I will engage to chat about. If anybody in the TikTok chat knows when this test session is, because I know they had to move it from New Hampshire because of the rain. When is this test session where they're going to ch- experiment with this new short track package? I'll let you guys think on that. Uh, but as we look forward to Richmond. Two completely different racetracks back to back. Um Xfinities of Road America, which is gonna be awesome. I love Road America. Um trucks under the lights Saturday night at Richmond. That'll be fun. Sunday or the cup race is a Sunday afternoon race with they've kind of gone back and forth under the lights, blah blah blah. Richmond, I don't it, it, on the topic of the one date, two date dilemma argument, I don't think Richmond deserves two dates. I don't think it deserves two dates. The crowd Over is the crowd's okay you know crowd's decent they, that's close to home when it comes to like the north carolina area or region but man even before the gen 7 the racing has just has not been as good there as it was primarily in the early 2000s and i'm i don't want to like provide bad juju for the weekend but you know it's i think it is relevant to the topic of people saying dude Bringing Pocono to a one weekend of the year deal may have just re-sparked everything to do with that racetrack uh, when it comes to attendance and the camping. I mean, just unbelievable when you look at those images. So, I don't know, maybe you got to wonder if you do something like that with Richmond. Like, yeah, the racing's not going to be great compared to Pocono or as good. Maybe re-spark something better with Richmond when it comes to their attendance and their you know, lively atmosphere if you move them to one one week a year. Because this feels so random. Like, <clears throat> especially growing up in the Chase era, Richmond was always the final cutoff race. It was the cutoff race before the Chase. The Chevy Rock and Roll 400, under the lights. It was a really fun race. That's what they need. It just doesn't have that luster anymore. And we're coming here in July? What the fuck? Like, so weird to me. Like, I don't know.
0: You have a lot of good tracks
1: coming up after Richmond. I don't know why we're coming here in the heat of July. It's weird.
0: Because of tradition.
1: Um, there,
0: there, there's some tracks <clears throat> that get chosen for tradition and some that don't. But uh, I, I like where you're saying one race a year, do it under the lights at night. That's where Richmond should be and it give it that luster again. Um, but speaking of Richmond, we, we've been kind of dancing around it for a minute, and uh, it's time to go ahead and, uh, and gear up. To look at some new odds that have dropped for the cookout 400 at richmond raceway this weekend um, i'm going to pull up caesars uh, because i am garage guy caesar and so i'm putting on my caesar shades you wear goggles and your helmet i wear garage guy caesar shades um, i have to put these on so i can see the odds the new odds for this race, uh, Barstool, I don't think has dropped odds for this, but odds are out and available right now for the race. Outrights and a couple of other little props are available on Caesars, Bet Rivers, and I believe that Just all the be Camby- Caesars, and the be and Caesars. Yeah, William Hill and canby So, uh, with that being said, canby is old Barstool because uh, Barstool now is new. I'm just going to go ahead and, uh, and read off of Caesars. Uh, I'm going to do that, King of the Castle. One bet that I automatically am a little inclined to want to pull the trigger on is going to be going back in with Kyle Larson at plus 650. Uh, we saw him qualify here earlier in the year, how he ran. I don't think those odds are going to get any better. We're probably going to dance somewhere between six and maybe seven and a half I think seven and a half may be as high as we see him go based off who, who are you of, talking about? Who? Kyle Larson. Larson. Um, okay. So with me taking him as the one shot wonder bet last week, you have to to look at where he's at mentally right now. And and you guys know me, I'm big on the mentality of the driver, where their heads at, what is happening in the news with them, what what is going on and and, and bubbling up around them as an individual in the race car. Right now, Kyle Larson is already talking about, I'm I'm going to forget about this. I'm going to go race on Tuesday. He's going to get back in the winning zone. We already saw that he had the shit he needed to win at Richmond. Josh Berry in the nine car got a P2 finish here earlier in the year. Might be looking pretty good for Chase Elliott with Hendrick kind of having something figured out here. And right now, Chase Elliott, he has to get a win. He has to make something happen to get in the playoffs. And he is 13-1 to to win right now over on Caesars. So I can't imagine that we'll see him go much longer unless he does what he did in practice and qualifying at Pocono this past weekend. Uh, But even with that, it's just the fact that Josh Berry was in that nine car, was able to do what he did. I can't imagine that Chase Elliott's going to string out too far behind Larson if these cars are still gassed up, juicing, and running the way that they were earlier in the year and i know that a lot of people are going to want to like you know lean on you know the truex bet the harvick bet because of what we saw last year look it's a new year i'm going to go off of what i've seen recently right now i'm leaning larson and possibly chase elliott 13 to 1 those are two early leans i like over on caesars dale what are you looking at
1: well don't forget that um Don't forget that Josh Berry got a P2 because he stayed out to grab a yellow and a yellow came out because he was, they trapped a bunch of guys a lap down and it was just gold mine, lucky break, which Josh was running, you know, around the top 10, most of that race. So I don't want to discredit him there, but he got a P2, a second place to Larson because of uh, the strategy they played, you know? So, but I mean, that is in play for Chase Elliott too, right? Because like you said, I agree. We talk about this playoff bubble which is another storyline and it always is around this time of year. Uh, I don't think Chase can point his way in with the consistency of Bubba Wallace, Michael McDowell. I know he didn't have a great run, but if he gets, if he continues races where he's getting stage points and running top 20, I I don't think McDowell is going to get knocked out unless one of these guys below the cut line wins a race. And then you got to consider AJ Allmendinger, not, in particular with Richmond, but with the schedule coming up, all these road courses before you get to the playoffs, like Indy, uh, Watkins Glen, which, you know, the Glen hasn't been the best track. Um, I say all these road courses, but we got two, right? But the, that's two big opportunities for someone like Almendinger to get a win. But that's, look, that's, digging into this playoff battle is a little off topic from the bets that we like heading into the weekend. But it is worth noting just because, of what someone like Josh Berry did in the spring being aggressive on strategy and that playoff bubble is what's going to force guys like Suarez and chase Elliott and maybe a Ty Gibbs to be as aggressive as possible to try to steal a win. And so, I mean, I I think Elliott at 13 to one is not bad in that aspect. If you're kind of thinking that way, but I'm going to lean in a different direction and look at, uh, at Kevin Harvick, nine to one Kevin Harvick has just found a way to, be good at most racetracks in 2023 with a struggling ford program with a struggling stewart haas program especially stewart haas i mean my god lawnmower race cars literally bringing lawnmowers for race cars for chase briscoe almirola priest for probably half the fucking season i mean it's crazy so him and rodney childers have still found a way to bring good race cars and get good finishes. And the cream of the crop for Kevin Harvick has been the shorter, flatter racetracks over the past couple of years. Should have won Phoenix early earlier this year, had a good car at Richmond this year, had a winning car at Richmond last year, won the race actually this race in 2022. I think you got to consider Kevin Harvick at nine to one on bet rivers I'm eager to see if a DraftKings or a FanDuel opens him up in uh you know in double figures at a 10 to 1, 11 to 1 maybe. And it could be something you wait on because Kevin Harvick has not been the best at qualifying even at races where he's had one of the best cars. He's such I don't think he does it on purpose, but he's unintentionally a sandbagger when it comes to qualifying. Just doesn't typically qualify up front, but races really well when you get long runs and Richmond super well known for boring ass long runs. Let's just face it. So I think Kevin Harvick is a good early lean. And I got to look at Joey Logano. You know, I've been critical of Penske with the short track package this year. They were okay. Uh, Blaney's been good. Blaney is the other Ford exception that's been good just about everywhere, while the majority of the Ford program has still struggled with speed, right? Blaney and Harvick have been those two guys. Blaney's had the speed just about everywhere. Logano has kind of struggled at these shorter, flatter racetracks, he said it in his post-race interview in New Hampshire when he finished second, which I did not expect. He said, we just tried something completely different because they struggled at the New Hampshire race last year, and they found something because they ran top five the whole day. You come back to Richmond, where in this race last year, Joey Logano led 222 laps. I mean, dominated the first part of this race, and as the runs went longer, track conditions changed a little bit. Some other guys called up, especially Kevin Harvick. Christopher Bell who were also on uh bell was on a, a crazy strategy that almost worked and got him a second place finish and Harvick, I think just had a better car than most of the field later in that race. So I think Joey Logano sitting at 14 to one on Caesars is something he can't go wrong with. It's a guy yeah. that might qualify on the pole. And then that line is gone. You know, we've seen Logano with good qualifying speed throughout the year. I think Joey Logano at 14 to one for a guy that, Uh, not only dominated this race last year until the later portions, but also has a great Richmond resume. If you really dig into the numbers. So I think Joey Logano 14 to one is a good early lean. Um, And then maybe a Brad Keselowski one more time on the Ford camp. I I hate that I'm on three Fords, but Brad K can't talk enough about how much his program has improved. And they've had some good speed on these shorter, flatter racetracks had top five speed at New Hampshire, Richmond, Over the past half decade, decade has been a good Brad K racetrack. I think Brad K at 25 to one on Caesars could be a good early underdog lean. If you want to go there. I got you.
0: So you're, you're a little bit more in the Ford corner this week. I don't think that's a bad thing whatsoever. I'm going to stick to the Chevy camp this week. Uh, I feel like it's time for a good bounce back Chevy weekend because these books be sleeping. And let me tell you right now, you're, you were talking about Joey Logano. Like he was a guy that you can get these odds on long right now, probably have a great qualifying run and you're not going to see him again. They're going to disappear. There's one guy that has not been running that great since his first win of the 2023 season, a guy that is currently 18-1 to to win this race. He finished third here earlier in the year. I'm going to take the gamble and say that Trackhouse Racing gets back on their game this week. Ross Chastain at 18-1 to on Caesars looks like a bet that I may take now because when I take a look at what he was able to perform, how he was able to perform here the last outing, Okay, He started fourth, finished third. He showed consistency there. He only led 16 laps, a stage one and stage two top five finish. They were right there on the bubble, just missed the mark. Maybe a couple of bad restarts, maybe just didn't have what they needed on the long run. But I'm willing to bet that Trackhouse doing what they've done, making the noise they've made this year, not so much Suarez, maybe a little more the team, maybe a little bit more Ross. I can't see a world where Ross Chastain doesn't get back on the horse this weekend and try to carve out a win here at this short track. We, we have seen him time and time again, kind of go in and out. He rides these roller coasters, right? I'm just saying at 18 to one, I think Caesars is really just soaring that one a little bit too long out there. Cause when you look over on Camby, I think he's 15 to one. I still think that's a little bit long as well. I want to eat that. I want to eat that up right now. I want to go ahead and grab that. You can put you a nice little, you know, half unit on it, and you're still going to have a really great payday. Um, We did have Chastain to win in Nashville. I had that bet. I gave that bet out. I gave it to a bunch of people, actually. We had the Discord. I'm on action, just like with Dale. You know, so we have all these places where you can find our bets week in and week out for free. We put them up there. I felt this way about Chastain at Nashville. I'm feeling it again for this week. I think that this is where we could see him uh, pop up and say surprise to celebrate his new Bush beer sponsorship going into 2024.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about Ross, but you got to think about it. kind of deal. You kind of mentioned it. I think the long run speed wasn't there, but they, they were good much better than what they were at Richmond last year, last year, this, the whole trackhouse team, but Ross in particular really, really struggled at this, at this track. And, To get a top five definitely means something. Um, I think William Byron sitting at plus 850 just kind of caught my eye because William Byron has probably been one of the few guys that's been fast at almost every single racetrack. I mean, racking up stage wins left and right. Was really good at Pocono, just was was not on the right strategy. Um, His averages don't show it, but in 2022, spring came here, finished in the top three uh last year came here led laps ran up front a lot of the day and i gotta go back and watch what happened this spring because he won stage one he finished third and stage two led a bunch of laps and finished 24th i don't remember what happened i'll be honest i haven't watched the old uh, the race from the spring yet which i typically do tonight or tuesday night so I got i gotta go see what happened in that race because william byron was good and as i said a guy that has been fast at so many different track configurations in 2023. And to reiterate kind of what I was talking about earlier with betting on, on the bad side of things, uh, like Austin Hill, a right place at the right time guy. I mentioned William Byron in that department. Usually at least this year, William Byron has been a big right place at the right time kind of guy. And he's got the best performing pit crew in in the sport right now and we've seen that time and time again. So, I think William Byron's sitting a plus 850. you are right now, same thing as last week, the books are obsessed with Toyota right now because of how hot they are with a lot of their guys, whether it's from Gibbs or 2311, bunch of them running up in the top 5. Top 5 speed, top 10 speed. Uh not just the Gibbs guys, but Tyler Reddick competing for wins, Bubba Wallace, uh running up front and getting destroyed by his pit crew every week but the toyota train is so hot right now that it's given better opportunities to grab some of these some of these Hendrick guys that maybe should be priced uh somewhere closer to the Gibbs guys but plus 850 for willie b who's been one of the top guys in the sport all year long variety of different racetracks lead laps here in the past three races maybe that sticks out early and has been an excellent qualifier Literally just won the poll at Poconos. So, a lot of, lot, of, lot of things to like when it comes to maybe betting William Byron as an early early guy.
0: Got love for Rudy Fugel and the boys. Uh, they have been doing pretty well. Uh, I do have myself a, a championship ticket for a Willie B. Uh, so, hopefully, I can get to cash that. I would love to see that 24 back where it needs to be. Ring, ring. Ring, ring. Rudy Fugel's calling. He wants his burritos. So, with us talking about these outrights i think that's uh that's a pretty good overview and i think that collectively we we're we're, we're, one of those guys are going to win the race Though one of the guys that that you and i just talked about probably going to win the race um but before we close this thing out though i did want to point out there was one prop bet that's currently up on caesars i might just bet this one for shits and gigs race to go overtime plus 190 for a yes with all of the drama that we have seen this year I feel like that could be free money now Richmond is typically a race where you want to, I don't want that to happen, I want to see a green flag run. When it comes to this track the strategy there's just something about it what what some people may see as boring about Richmond I see as amazing I like puzzles and, and Richmond's kind of a puzzle so. I uh, I might just bet that for shits and gigs because it almost seems like a lock that we're going to probably have an overtime finish with
1: the way races have ran. And the one thing caught up in all the headlines, we didn't talk about the bad judgment cautions that people were talking about, the one in particular on like the white flag. I mean, I think there is. It's very important. I mean, it's it's stuff that's manipulating race outcomes. in this. So in this case hope
0: someone got fired that's all
1: I'm gonna i think say. xfinity i think the xfinity race the Connor mosaic hitting the wall that's borderline if that's a caution i can't stand single car incidents that don't flood the track with debris everybody keeps moving and you just throw quick yellows for those in the case of what happened with ryan priest i actually think that nascar it, let's just say that was on lap 52 just in the middle of the race Everybody would look at that caution in an entirely different manner. Ryan priest spins. He got tapped, whatever. Corey LaJoy turned him. He may have clipped the outside wall, but he spins low, doesn't hit anything. And he starts going again. To me, NASCAR not throwing the yellow there is the right move because he looks like he's moving again and you want it to go green. But then he stalls out on the white flag and it, forces nascar to throw it people are so mad about that like i know nascar's had some really bad judgment calls over cautions over the years 2016 carl edwards probably the worst one in the history of nascar when it comes to implications of a championship but bad judgment calls several times in all three major series this one i don't think was because if you're looking at that exact thing if you're looking at that exact contact and spin at any other point in the race, you're saying, okay, NASCAR tried to wait. It looked like he was going, and then they threw it when they absolutely had to. That's how a caution should be judged if we're using pure judgment calls to signify what a caution is. But because it was the final lap of the race, everybody's pissed. They're like, damn, you should let him race back. Well, you can't. You just can't. Look up Dale Jarrett, New Hampshire 2003, and you'll understand why. But I, th- I feel like that's like that's a hot take. I feel like most people are pissed off about it. I think actually NASCAR was right in how they handled that caution. I, I know that kind of. I th- I know that's kind of like a. The <laughs> one thing we missed in our notes. Not really where you want to end the show at, I guess, but I had to say something about it because I think it is important. Better
0: job of writing this stuff down. So I talked about this a good bit on the Garage Guys report. I had a lot of voicemails, I had a couple of very passionate voicemails, uh, people. By the way, if you're here on TikTok, this number behind you, 919 769 4477. You can call that after the NASCAR race every week. Leave a voicemail. Let me know your thoughts on the race. I will play your voicemail, and that is on Garage Guys YouTube. Go subscribe do it um the way that i see it is a lot like the way you see it right i think that we are so used to nascar like everybody's complained about how many times nascar throws caution flags the one time that they actually do it in a way mm-hmm. where they're hopeful the they try not to walk everybody's like what because they were waving the yellow flag in the flag stand and then NASCAR made them pull it back because they realized they didn't call the caution. There was a guy waving the flag. I had somebody call in that was at Pocono that was at the race and they were right there by it said they were oh, waving shit. the flag
1: and I didn't see that
0: they had to pull it back in. Yeah, they had to pull it back in because NASCAR didn't call the caution and look those people in race control are humans we don't have computers running this shit. you know like when you look at sports you got a lot of humans making a lot of things and what does that mean you're prone to human error i don't feel like it's an error because if i would have been in race control and i would have seen ryan pretty slowly creeping in that car after he spun i'm like oh great we're gonna actually get to end this race under normal circumstances he's gonna be able to drive off and get out of the way and then it just didn't happen and so by the time they're getting around and, and you know, they got to have millions of monitors up there. They're watching it. But, yeah, like you said, it just got right to the to the part of the ass crack where you were about to get drenched in it all if you didn't pull out. And, hey, that's what happens. It sucks. Nobody wants to see a race in that way. I remember being a kid and being at that.
1: Talladega what was that piece, metaphor right? you just used? I'm sorry. What?
0: I don't know. It came out of my head. I just say shit sometimes. Um, that's why people love me. I, uh, but I remember the race at Talladega where that was like that. They had a good stretch of races like that, where everybody threw beer cans at Jeff Gordon's car. Like my parents and all of their friends were those people.
1: Uh, yeah. That's another momentum.
0: It's like, nobody wants to pay that much money and see that you want to see
1: fucking right. through NASCAR is, but NASCAR is so let's just be honest. Like NASCAR is so back. When there's enough passion out there to throw to throw stuff on the track at a driver, people that like you can say whatever. Like, oh God, like you know, it's unclassy. Fuck that, dude. When you have that kind of stuff happening, that's passion, right? That is like you care a lot about what just happened, and that's what that's what NASCAR needs in a time where we lost so much star power, right? That's why Denny Hamlin is so this villain arc that started in 2017, it has been great for the sport. And a lot all the people that hate him don't even realize it. They don't even realize like what their thoughts have caused and good and and good press for NASCAR because of the villain arc Denny took and NASCAR is so back when you're throwing beer cans at a driver that you hate. I, I absolutely love that. And going back to the caution thing, the one thing I'll say I totally agree with you like on other sports the shit happens. But when it comes to NASCAR and auto racing, I see a lot of chatter where people get upset because there's too many rules, right? There's too many rules. This is why there are too many rules because when you leave when you leave topics in the hands of just judgment, you have inconsistency. When you have a rule, a set rule for something, like one of these tic- tacky pit road penalties, like pitting outside the box or driving through too many boxes, it's black and white, right? Which I think is better if you really think about it. Black and white is a better way to officiate most things. And look, most sports don't work that way. An umpire in baseball is a great example of, of yeah. a position of power that misses calls all the time. They, and are that's they at because, the casino?
0: That's a question I have today.
1: Yeah, yeah, right? Wondering. How much money influences this shit, right? Yeah. But I mean... That's the thing is like judgment is what causes this and an umpire like his rule it, it it's it, it's based upon judgment what's a strike and what's a ball it's depending on one guy. Race control I think it's one or two people like there's a lot of people up there but there's one person that hits that button, right? You're you're you got everything relying on one guy to decide and I could be wrong there. I don't want to say if I'm wrong. There's probably a team that's all talking, right? I want to interview you're relying you. on a handful of people to make this decision on what's a yellow, what's a caution and what isn't. And I don't know what the fix is. Like, I don't know how you create this very objective rule to signify what a caution is without having more controversy. Like, it feels like a rule that needs to be in the judgment of someone really, really smart. But I don't know the, yeah, let me do it honestly I was like, gonna say
0: we need to go meet race control like dude we'll just become friends with your them, job dude. yeah dude, we're no, gonna i would not
1: i would not want that job dude i would not
0: i would micromanage the fuck <laughs> like dude i'd be on the shoulders i'd be like uh-uh
1: but here's the thing if i so if i were race control i'd be on the verge of like a car spinning and there's debris flying all over the place and i'm just like no 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 stay green we're, we're keeping it green we're keeping it. I would, I would leave it and green uh, yeah, I would leave hey, it great. green in like more extreme circumstances like Dale Jarrett 2003 New Hampshire type shit. Like oh. and if you had if you haven't seen that, you need to look anybody in here listening, you need to look that video up because that is what has revolutionized the judgment caution uh since 2003, 2004 to the point where it is now. And it, funny enough too, and I think you have different race control between all three series. Like I think um I think our, our buddy Jesse Little is race control for the truck series, and we, which is a yeah, I think he started that this year. But we should interview him. Point it, yeah. I mean, I'm sure he'll have some he'd have some good things to say because I've been critical of the truck series race control all year, right? I've been critical of how it's been officiated, and you know he's he's a friend of ours, but yeah, that'd be a, that actually would be a, probably a pretty insightful interview. Imagine not to get
0: talk with race control though. Yeah, I'm yeah.
1: Sure. Honestly, that would be a it could be a very educating interview for a lot of people right because it's probably not that much different being race control for a truck race compared to cup like i i just anticipate there's more volume with the help that you get but yeah what i was going to say was ironically um in the xfinity race the last caution so they took the white flag and somebody's bumper flew off and just landed on the start finish line on the white flag i mean a big fucking piece of debris just lay in there nobody's throwing a yellow they're letting them race it out. They did not throw a yellow until Josh Berry and Ryan Seed crash in turn 2. But there's a piece of fat piece of debris sit on the racetrack and they weren't going to call they weren't going to call yellow. They're going to let them race it out. The so win. like that just adds to this inconsistency of like, dude, what is a caution? Is it is it judged upon if it's the last lap or two to go? I don't know if I like that. I'd rather it be more black and white if you can make it that way. Because if you judge it upon if it's the last lap or two to go, now you risk manipulating outcomes in the worst way possible.
0: I'm ready to say that race control is umpires. Because I've been playing a lot of MLB The show, and I throw a lot of nasty fucking strikes with my Kenny Powers, my character, and they don't give them to me. They're inside the box every time, just slinging cutters, and they're like, "Mm, ball. That's what's happening with race control. They're just making these shots. So we need to meet them talk to them figure this out well i feel like even if we built like a scale for it though they wouldn't use it they wouldn't use
1: yeah it. well and look we got to go back to what the positive part of this we actually both agree that the cup race that caution was judged properly it's it just is what it it's is. just Sometimes consistency like that we're so fucking inconsistent between all three series it's I don't know what the fix is. You know, I can sit here and talk shit all, all I want. And same with you. What is the fix? I don't know. We haven't found a fix in baseball to an umpire. We hadn't found a fix in the NFL when it comes to their replay up in New York that botches calls all the time. And it's like some guy like, like the fucking dealer, no deal banker calling in, just like looking at a small little screen and saying, Hey, that's the call. Yeah. You're like, okay, I got it.
0: the grocery store from the movie Casino. That's who they're calling. The guy that owned the grocery store. That's him, you know, the head of the mob. That's him. Yeah. That's who they call in New York. But yeah, dude, no. And I mean, to tie all this back into where we were talking about betting, you know, you see something like that happen at Richmond, the the flag coming out. You don't have enough time. So that's why I do think that that's why I do think that the overtime finish, yes. That happening plus 190 on seizures I think that's going to be a good bet for this week because something like that could easily happen and at a racetrack like that you can't take those kind of chances Pocono you can pit get out still get in front of the leader you got plenty of time it's not like
1: that that's a good point too about the judgment of yellows is like the size of the racetrack like yeah if somebody spins at Richmond you don't know if they're gonna spin off the track or not your yellow is going to come out a lot quicker than, you know, a good example at Pocono and in the Xfinity race, them waiting it out to maybe see if that big bumper cover just blows away, you know, like, so mm-hmm. that's a good point too. It's such a can of worms. And I, I always think back to 2016 when nothing happened, Corey LaJoy just like pulled down below the apron and they threw yellow and, and ripped the championship out of Carl Edwards' hands. So yeah, that is, it's a tough conversation, but that's who yeah. should be race control.
0: They should give Carl Edwards. Carl Edwards. <laughs> they should let Carl Edwards be race control, bro. Imagine. <laughs> Could you imagine?
1: That's the redemption. That's the redemption art. Just let yeah. Carl just, yeah. yeah. Just this let him job job put the forever. championship in his hands. Yeah.
0: You can yeah. appoint anyone you want before you die. Like, you, this is just your gig now. And it's just like, and like it'll automatically, every time a caution comes out, it just like cut scenes to Carl standing like this in a window staring down it's like and there's carl edwards race control of all of nascar
1: (laughs) i just hope that like if jimmy johnson was racing and carl edwards was race control that like he just throws a phantom caution while jimmy's leading you know get his 84th win to pass Daryl waltrip throw a phantom caution just rip that win out of his arms that sounds almost as good as that's what i would want Yeah. yeah
0: that's good right there i love it i love where this went I love how this show is going. I love the fact that we're live on your TikTok right now. I think we need to keep doing this. Uh, I I can't see what you guys are saying, but I hope you enjoyed the hell out of this show. You got to be the first person to hear and watch the Garage Guys NASCAR podcast in action on TikTok. We just made history tonight. Yeah. Uh, um, Today. Thanks for the
1: rose. I gotta give that shout out. Thanks for the rose. Got a rose? I got a Spongebob reference from Catfish Cody. I appreciate that. People with claps. Thank you all. Appreciate you. Um, and everybody listening. I hope you've enjoyed this. Final question for you, Chase. I think I've you know, I've talked about this. I don't remember if you said this or not. Is Denny Hamlin in the wrong? Black and white answer. Is Denny Hamlin in the wrong for what he did on Sunday?
0: Black and white answer are my answer.
1: <laughs> it had let, simple it's yes or no But yes or no and why if he didn't break
0: any of the nascar rules in the nascar rule book then he's in the clear if we're looking black and
1: white and I, but that's not no that not not like objective rules like let's just From say race, a point race etiquette race craft
0: race etiquette that is dependent that's the topic here yeah, I, I feel like race etiquette is dependent upon the person. What you you will reap what you sow. You will get what you put out. We've seen that example in Ross Chastain. If Denny Hamlin is the guy that's that and he said it clearly. And and I also love the fact that Kyle Larson just called this dude out and basically said he was a know it all. And that was the most like petty thing he could have done in that conversation, because it's like that's how you know he was digging at his soul because he made him say that about him. And uh but but I will say with Denny Where I'm at with it is he had a lot he was racing for, more than just a win, more than just points. It was celebratory, whatever. But Denny did say, I'm racing for the win. So that says that that is what he is doing every weekend. If he's up front, he's going to do whatever he's got to do to make sure he wins that race. The tone is set. I don't think he's wrong for it. That's just his way of doing it. But – you're going to have to have balls if he's up front and you're going to race him and you're going to have to know and be prepared that he's coming like that. And you got to ask yourself as a driver, am I willing I to do to him what he
1: would do to me. Yeah.
0: It's yeah. all about your perception of it. And obviously Denny Hamlin's perception, even in conjunction with what And I don't even know if that's the right word to use right now. My brain is fried, but, Uh, Even in line with what Larson was saying about how Denny's always right. If that's how Denny thinks and that's how Denny lives his life, then he is right because he is right to him. So that means everybody else can be right to themselves. And they need to remember that when there's one to go at a race and Denny Hamlin's up front and they want that win more than Denny.
1: But it was spot on, man. Larson said all those things, and then Denny did exactly what Larson said he would do. Like that is what to me is hilarious. And I didn't expect it. I really thought because Denny's been, you know, remember we were riding together a lot earlier in the year to the races, and we listened to the first, I don't know, three, four episodes of to get Denny's Pod. I haven't listened to yeah, it. I hadn't either. Um, and you know, I'm just not a podcast guy, so like unless I'm doing long rides, I'm just not gonna do it. But
0: you are podcast, that's the that's the one.
1: Yeah. But um, the thing is, he did exactly what Larson said he would do. And I thought Denny, as transparent as I thought he's been on his pod, I thought he would backtrack and be like, yeah, I saw the replay. I touched him, you know, and I tweeted that. If you look at my Twitter, the view from Kevin Harvick's onboard, I think is the most clear, uh, the clear cut view that shows that there was contact made. And yeah, it doesn't matter like, I know people are like, oh, but it was a little bit of contact. Like, it wasn't that much contact. He didn't door slam him. I know. The point is, Denny is doubling down that there was no contact made that influenced how Kyle Larson's race car drove in that moment. And there 100% was. And it did influence what Kyle Larson's race car did in that moment. That's my point. I'm disappointed that Denny, uh, to me, like, I thought it was a racing deal kind of in the wrong. But Denny doubling down there, Makes it more wrong for me, and I look. I'm Curb Your Enthusiasm is my favorite show. You've seen Curb Your Enthusiasm. I'm a believer in karma, and you know Kyle Larson made his comments like "fuck." He doubled down. I will race him differently, right? So we're brewing. We're brewing the Hendrick rivalry with Denny once again. Great for the sport, and we're setting up for. A, a clash late in the season when these guys, who I think are both going to make the top eight and be championship contenders when it's all said and done, we're setting up another clash. I mean, think about it too. I know Pocono is not a mile and a half, but the style of racing, bigger racetracks, intermediates. Two of them have come down to these two drivers, and we've seen these two drivers battle for the win at a lot of different racetracks and tracks that are in the playoffs too. So, it's going to lead up to a clash. And Kyle Larson, I think. Overall is a pretty clean race car driver, but his comments tell me like he will be willing to do the same thing Denny did to him to to win a race if he's in that moment. So all in all, just excited to see what happens next.
0: I got a final prediction before we uh, end this show. I'm holding my crystal because I believe it firmly. We're going to see this all come to a head a lot sooner than we think. And I think it's going to happen this weekend in Richmond. I think Kyle will come out victorious, and I think Denny is going to come out angry. And that's
1: all I'm going to say. Wait, no, one more, one more. Can you rub the crystal and just say that I'm going to win all my bets this weekend? That's really what we need. We need to be aligned then. I
0: need to to hear you, you need to hear me, and we're going to make sure that we find a way to make this happen. So, outright, Well,
1: remember, remember like Xfinity and Trucks are, you know, that I. I, Tell you every weekend, baby. I need to win those as much as I need to win Cup, you know
0: universe out there hear me dale tanhart will be making bets this weekend in nascar dale tanhart will finish in the green far far in the green we will lead the garage fam to victory we will reclaim our name as the best in certain people's eyes because we're always the best no matter what happens and that's how it goes but give us all of the power, and we will use it to win bets and make people a lot of money in the greatest sport in the history of space and time. Auto racing, NASCAR, it's happening. It's done. Okay.
1: I brought the – I don't know. I hadn't really touched these in a while, <laughs> and I got dust in my mouth. It's okay. Dale Jr. Budweiser's, I brought them out Good for you. All right, I hey. think that's where. That's, I think that's where we end this.
0: This is, Hey, this has been a show again. You can follow me at garage guy chase on all social medias, you know, to follow Dale at Dale Tanhart, and make sure that you subscribe to the garage guys, NASCAR podcast. If this is your first time listening, it is on Apple, Spotify, and every other podcast app in the world soon to be on YouTube as well with our betting analysis part of this show so uh be on the lookout for those things make sure you subscribe to the garage guys nascar podcast youtube channel it's just youtube.com at garage guys racing uh got a lot of great stuff on there shorts videos the garage guys report dale center the premier betting show of the garage guys so make sure that you're tuning in to all that each week subscribe let let us know that you care maybe buy some merch at dailydownforce.com and of course don't forget the greatest sport ever, the people that help you win money in it, it we, the Garage Guys. This has been the Garage Guys NASCAR Podcast. See you later. Have you checked out DailyDownForce.com yet? If you haven't, I want you to go right now to DailyDownForce.com and get yourself some official Garage Guys merch. If you consider yourself a true loyal Garage Fan member, then you're going to need to show it off to the world. You can buy yourself a Garage Guys rope hat, a Garage Guys trucker hat, an official Garage Guys t-shirt. And if you remember NASCAT from Auto Club, you can show how much you care by supporting NASCAR's Harambe, NASCAT. You can find betting articles each week from Dale Tanhart and NASCAR Titan Greg Mathern. It's got everything you need. DailyDownForce.com Now back to the podcast.